Hello. Okay, so unpopular opinion. I actually enjoyed this movie. To be fair, I went into it with all expectations that it would be terrible. So, you know, this is one of those that I chose for me. Nobody recommended it. I'm sure somebody would have eventually. So this came out in 1986 from Lucasfilms. It stars Ed Gale as Howard T. Duck, the body, Chip Zine as the voice, Zine. Leah Thompson is Beverly, Tim Robbins is Phil, and Jeffrey Jones is Dr. Jennings. I also thought it was kind of funny that when I went to run it, because of course you have to run it, nobody's actually streaming this thing. It has 13% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's like at a 3.8 out of 5 rating on iTunes. So take that as you will. All right. Uh, my podcast episodes are released every Thursday. Sorry for missing last week. It's been, quick disclaimer here, it's been pretty insane with work. Everyone is deciding to go out. It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying this to complain. It's just getting busier and busier. It's getting harder and harder to find a work-life balance. I pretty much slept through all of my time off last week. So I will try to be better about notifying you all when I'm going to have to miss a week, but there are going to be times where I have to miss a week. I just can't do it all right now. So anyway, unless somebody wants to give me like a really large sum of money to let me just do the podcast full time, hit me up. Moving on. So episodes are released on Thursdays. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Betsy Goes to the Movies. Episodes and notes are posted at BetsyGoesToTheMovies.com. If you've got a suggestion for a good, bad, funny, cheesy, campy, so bad it's good, or just plain bad movie suggestion, uh, you can email me at BetsyGoesToTheMovies at gmail.com. And Betsy is spelled B-E-T-S-Y. Oh, Universal logo. The old Universal logo. I remember that changed when The Mummy came out. Ooh, I should do The Mummy. Love that movie. You know it's Howard's World because there are two moons. Looks amazingly like the Cleveland skyline. Also, this is the second time I've seen this because the first time, the re I'm missing half the recording. I don't know what happened, but yeah. So I am confused about something. The first time I saw this, when he shows up in Cleveland, he says he's just an ad copywriter. Also, love the little spoofs WC Fowls and Main Nest in My Little Chickadee. But he's got all of this stuff like letters and postcards from women saying that they want him, they miss him, answering machine messages, pictures of obviously glamorous women all over his walls and on his tables that are pictures for him, readers of The Lost Stork. Anyway, the stuff he that's all over his apartment rolling egg, it seems a little more glamorous than just being an, like an ad copywriter. Howard and the Heartbreakers, Splash Dance, What a Feeling. I don't remember if him being a musician is ever brought back up again. 80s Duck World television, definitely not any different from 80s Earth television, I can tell you that right now. Layduck. Oh look, duck boobs. Does Cleveland get earthquakes? Or whatever the equivalent is. Yep. She is definitely masturbating in the bathtub and seems totally oblivious to the fact that he just blew through her bathroom in an armchair. Okay, so he's getting sucked into the mysterious light in the sky. His chair bursts into flame on entry in the atmosphere, but he doesn't. His planet's shaped like an egg. 
He's now in the vacuum of space, screaming and able to move, and not dead. Still screaming, magically has not hit anything as he goes flying through a whole different side of the universe to another side of the universe. Alright, so now he's entering the Earth's atmosphere where, once again, he is not on fire, although he shows up as a flaming streak in the sky, and magically survives his landing as he ricochets off of a bunch of buildings and things and lands in a chair. So when I saw this the first time, I was like, why are these... I mean, I get it, they're goth gang members, whatever, I'm not sure what they're supposed to be, but I get it, they probably thought he was in costume. I didn't realize that at the time. I was like, wow, they seem really unperturbed by a talking duck that just fell out of the sky. So they're bullying this one kid who's waiting in line, throw Howard at him, like, hey, we got you a date. The bouncer grabs Howard, yells, no kids allowed, and throws him out the back door by the back of his jacket and the back of the seat of his pants. And I'm pretty sure even in the 80s, adults were not allowed to do that to kids. He takes time to feel up some strange woman in an alley. Oh, the couple making out realizes that there's something weird about a duck running around talking to them. Satan sluts. They look like a charming group of individuals. I should invite them for tea. He's just going to hang out in this oil barrel. Probably a smart move. He's handling it pretty well. I'm pretty sure that if I were launched through space and wound up on another planet where people were throwing me out of nightclubs and biker gangs were trying to run me over, I would be a little bit more upset. All right, now we've got the violence as Beverly just finished her uh, music set. And the two guys who are supposed to be her biggest fans are now assaulting her. Also, the insults are not super fantastic. Howard announces to the camera that it's no more Mr. Nice Duck. We also know that he's a martial artist. There was a picture in his apartment. The assaulters think they've been doing too much too. I don't remember what that is. Coke, I think. I would look it up, but I feel like maybe that's one of those things I don't want in my browser history. I love movie lightning. I love movie lightning from the 80s. It's obviously, like, so fake. Alright, so they are now establishing he doesn't know what planet he's on, he doesn't know where he is, he's from another world. Beverly's like, yeah, so this is like a weird nightmare. I'm gonna kind of peace out now. And I'm just gonna leave you standing here in this alley as it's pouring down rain in your torn up suit no he doesn't have a place to go he literally wound up on a strange planet like an hour before where would he have to go yes howard she means you she tells him to come with her and he does the wide-eyed gesture and of pointing at his chest like me who else anyway also in his world ducks evolve to the point that they cannot swim or fly wow that is a dump I suggest you find a new manager. She, the dump she lives in, the manager of her band found it for her. In a lovely moment of foreshadowing, Howard says you should find a new manager. Now she's complaining about her manager who keeps withholding money, putting them in cheap, crappy dives to play. Oh, 80s hair. I hope that never comes back in fashion. <laughs> I love his reaction when she's like, oh, here, I know you're talking and you're wearing a full suit. And obviously the duck equivalent of a human, but let me offer to put something in a bowl for you. He's like, just give me a beer. Well, Budweiser has not changed their label in 35 years. I can math. So Howard has a traumatic experience because the apartment starts shaking when a truck goes by. She's handling this very well. 
Wait, she's just doing the tell me about yourself. And nothing seems to freak her out. I like the window seat in her apartment. It's really cool. He falls asleep fast. Admittedly, he had a slightly stressful day. That's rude. She's touching his feathers while he's sleeping. Oh, that's the kind of quilt that looks like someone made it for her. So she goes through his wallet. He lives in Washington, D.C. More pictures of him with women, like hot duck women. He's got a mallard card, blooming ducks. Oh, he carries a condom. It looks like a finger condom. For those of you who don't know, that's what we in the service industry call the little like rubber latex nitrile, whatever yours are made of, sleeves that cover your finger when you get a cut. We call them finger condoms. Leah Thompson is so cute. She's still cute. All right, so she is taking him to get help to see a, sci- a friend of hers who's a scientist. She has him in a garbage bag in the back seat of a cab to be inconspicuous. The cab driver is the first person who has shown common sense here, and <laughs> I feel like in this movie. Anyway, he's he's like, you can tell he is visibly alarmed by the fact the garbage bag is talking and complaining that this is humiliating, but he's just like gonna take his fare and get the hell out of there. It would be a lot more inconspicuous if he would stop complaining like every three steps. All right, Tim Robbins is adorable. <laughs> he lets her in and then immediately runs out, runs down the hall, disrupts a meeting held by paleontologists who are discussing a fossil to say, this is it, it's in there, stops, laughs hysterically, yells, it's nothing, and runs back out of the room. And everybody's just like, what the hell? Phil, for somebody who's supposed to be a scientist, he's pretty lame. He's talking to Howard like Howard is an idiot. Nice ducky, me Phil, we friends. Now he's trying it by squawking like Donald Duck. (laughs) When Beverly says, don't talk to him like that, he's just as smart as you are. Howard says, no, I'm really depressed. I don't blame you, Howard. I would be depressed too. So Phil has now decided that he's going to do superpower testing on Howard by handing him different things and saying, can you bend this metal bar? Can you burn a hole through this with some kind of eye laser? This being a plywood board that is holding up a face level. If Howard could burn through it with an eye laser, he would burn off Phil's face. Phil's lame. He's, he is pretty just... I've known a lot of scientists. He is an insult to the science community. I haven't read the comic books, so I don't know if how true to form this is. I'm trying to figure out the correlation here. It didn't make sense to me when I watched this the first time. He has a theory about how Howard wound up here and how to get him back. And somehow he's fixated on the theory of evolution by comparing evolution for mankind to evolution for ducks. Way to make it all about you, Beverly. She really does. Like, she wants sympathy from him because she's dealing with problems and she was just trying to help and he should be sympathetic and understanding but the reality is he's stranded for all he knows he's not even in his own galaxy all right so he's decided that he's going to take matters in his own feathers so after shoplifting at goodwill to get clothes for kids he shows up at the unemployment office because he's like i need food shelter and a job he gets the meanest person ever who tells him They call for me when the people who show up are deadbeats 
that are trying to make it look like they're trying, but in reality, they're not. So I'm going to place you and you're going to deal with it. She thinks he's just another psycho case, like somebody who put on a costume to try to get out of finding work. I do not ever want to see this woman mad. So she gets him a job in a sex sauna. I'm pretty sure men who look like that don't have to pay for sex. So he's the towel lotion guy for this place. It's it's a brothel with saunas, which quite honestly sounds really disgusting. So when he's trying to take his break of going around giving out towels, lotion, whatever, the owner throws him into a sauna to unclog an air jet. And this is how we find out he can't swim. The couple that's in there is still going at it. They're just oblivious to his presence. Like a duck, a, a duck the size of like a seven-year-old child was just thrown into their sauna and they're not even skipping a beat. Lava of Love, that would be the name of this fine establishment. So in retaliation, Howard pushes the owner into the mud pit and then quits. Knowing what we know now about hygiene and communicable diseases, that just makes me throw up a little bit in my mouth. Also, I don't know if this is indicative of how the bus systems work in Cleveland in terms of people paying attention, but he rides on the bus and nobody says a thing. When he gets up, everybody freaks out and starts shrieking, but he was on the bus the entire time. Oh, I remember when electronic stores did this, mostly when TVs weighed like 60,000 pounds. So in the 80s, you had your electronic stores and you had the banks of your TVs that were all tiered like pyramid style in the windows all playing different channels so you could people could window shop and see what was on them and what the displays look like somehow magically every single TV in this window display is showing something duck related about duck season duckaroni which I forgot was ever a thing a daffy duck being pummeled by wrecking balls so he freaks out when he hears a truck backfire because he thinks it's a gun because he just watched a thing about how this is supposed to be like the biggest duck season ever and they're letting more hunters go out and letting hunters bag more ducks and somehow he stumbles back into the alley where he landed coincidentally beverly is singing at the pub next door or at the park next door sorry this is not a public house man her hair is so big i never got my hair that big fun fact i tried really hard for my eighth grade school picture And my mom told me that the pictures didn't come out. And I found them years later when I was cleaning out something. And she admitted that they were so bad, she didn't give them to anyone in the family. And they were unbelievably horrible. Well, the bouncer didn't throw them out this time. Somehow he manages to pick out the sleazy manager out of all of these guys who are screaming at the stage. He does overhear the manager admitting that he'll give the band their money when Beverly sleeps with him. And the bar owner and the bouncer think it's hilarious. So Howard steps up and gets involved. So they throw Howard down the bar, like slide him down the bar and off the end of the bar. And they're laughing. They think it's hilarious. Howard's mad. So this is very confusing to me. Um, (laughs) Richie, the bouncer, says, take your best shot. Howard knocks him out or knocks him down. The bartender hands Howard an empty bottle Howard smashes it against a post on the bar to break it. So you're thinking, okay, he's going to use this as a weapon, right? No, he just throws it on the ground. Like, why? If if you're just, what, 
what was the point of that? So Howard skewers the manager to the bar by driving an ice pick through the guy's earring. Then he threatens to put a hole in the guy's other ear. Ginger, the manager, agrees to let the girls out of their contract. He'll no longer be involved with them, won't be their manager. And then Howard says, tell your boys to back off or I'm going to give you space rabies and bite you in the face. Richie's like, oh yeah, I heard something about that on the news. So Howard comes and finds the band in their dressing room. He's about to break the news to them, but of course he has to make the comment, sex appeal, some guys got it, some guys don't, while he feels up the other band members. Oh, look, Phil's there, making squawking sounds at Howard. Phil's got all of these theories, including, but not limited to, he has been frozen in ice for millions of years because he came here with the Aztecs from Mars. He is the reincarnation of a deity that was worshipped by ancient Samoans. So Phil grabs a feather off of Howard's body without permission. That looked painful and invasive. Howard is understandably pissed. All right, this scene makes me really uncomfortable. I know that she's just joking, but she starts pretending to try to seduce him. He keeps saying no, and she keeps trying anyway, and it just really makes me uncomfortable because just because she thinks it's a joke doesn't mean it's acceptable. And I don't know, it just really weirded me out. Of course, that's when Phil and Dr. Jennings walk in and they think that they are actually having sex. So we meet Dr. Jennings and Carter. It turns out when Howard came to Earth, a feather appeared in Dr. Jennings' lab and it's a match for the one that Phil took off of Howard. So basically, they were trying to measure the density of gases around Alpha Centauri. Dr. Jennings is an astrophysicist, by the way. And there was a deviation. They lost control. And instead, Howard wound up getting zapped to Earth. An unknown force redirected the laser beam from the original target. So why didn't he land in the lab? Like, that's that's something that I don't understand. If he was dragged back to the energy source, first of all, why didn't his chair go with him? He was fused to the chair when he first left his planet, and then it fell back to his planet's surface. But why didn't he wind up in the lab? How did he end up in an alley? Because also when we see the Dark Lord show up, the Dark Lord does end up in the lab. Phil is such a dick. It won't work. They can't send you back. None of the things that you, the scientists who've been working on this project this whole time and for whom this is your main field of study are saying are possibly feasible. Don't listen to them because I've got you on AM Cleveland and the cover of Science Digest because it's really all about me becoming famous and making money off of your plight and misery. Dr. Jennings is the only one who's actually treating Howard like he's a real living, thinking, intelligent entity. She's known him for like 24 hours. How is she going to miss him a lot? This is a very secure facility. Phil stops at the guard gate and Carter's like, there's no guard. Keep going. It's Dynatechnic. All right, so the laser is exploded again. Dun, dun, dun. What if we brought something else down this time? Police are involved. We have the jaded detective who doesn't believe that it's really that bad. Ha, ha, ha. They're going to arrest him for being an illegal alien. Well, this lab is full of cigars. I mean, it really is. There are cigars all over the place, including ones that are lit. Oh, they found Jenny. He looks like hell. They're hiding out in the basement while the cops search for them because, of course, Howard and Beverly tricked a cop by throwing one of the many lit cigars that are all over this place into a trash can. 
Jennings is not doing so well. So they get through Dynatech's just insanely effective security system by driving through the master lock padlock on a gate. My parents had a station wagon like this. An evil has landed and the world is in great danger. He's really, he should not be driving that car. He's all over the road, literally. Like he can barely keep his eyes open. Something is growing inside of him. She's like, well, what did you have for lunch? An alien that's trying to take over the world. He somehow knows that this thing growing inside of him is replicating and superseding his internal organs. And he speaks about it very clinically. Jenning is now speaking in another voice. Jenning looks like he's about to pass out. He's just randomly spinning the steering wheel. Cars today would never have been able to off-road like that. All right, Jenning is now someone else. Those are his words, not mine. Beverly's solution is coffee. Fortunately, they land at Joe Roma's Cajun and Sushi restaurant. Honey, right there with you. Night shifts and diners suck. They try to tell them that they can't bring in pets, and Howard says he's Dr. Jennings seeing eye duck. Newsflash! Whistling and yelling, hey honey, yo, while slamming your hands on, or wings, on the back of a seat is a shitty way to ask for service. Jennings politely informs Crystal, the waitress, that she's about to witness the end of the old world, and the specials are fine. Oh, sorry, Beverly's the one who orders the three specials. Jennings just sits there rolling his eyes back in his head and making weird groaning noises. Jennings is now a dark overlord of the universe. We get storyline here. So the dark overlords of the universe were exiled to the nexus of Sominus, which is the region of demons that lies beyond the universe. Sorry, it lies beyond the planets. Howard naturally freaks out because the specials they ordered are fried eggs. Jenning decides to, sorry, Dark Overlord Jenning decides to blast the condiments with lasers shooting out of his eyes. And then because he has to monologue, he tells them that he's got the code key that will activate the laser spectroscope, which will allow him to bring the remaining Dark Overlords of the universe to Earth and then electrocutes Howard when Howard tries to grab it. He's looking rough, like his skin is starting to get, in addition to him pouring sweat, his skin is starting to look like it's like rotting, bloated, weird. And of course, for some reason I don't understand, three rednecks decide to come up and antagonize them. All right, so now they're going to start a fight. Why does he have to run across the counter in everybody's food? Like, wouldn't it have made sense to just go across the floor? Howard's gonna now throw pies in everybody's faces. I love the waitress. (laughs) Beverly looks at Dark Overlord Jenning, who is looking worse and worse by the second, and says, you're just gonna sit there? And he just like glares at the table and says, she took my eggs. All right, so they are gonna kill Howard, presumably eat him. Jenning is basically walking electricity at this point. He's gonna save Howard. The waiter thinks that he ate the chili. Sounds like bullpucky to me. So it's like they're trying to make the language PG, but you can't have a female duck masturbating in a bathtub and implied sexual connotations between Beverly and Howard and make it PG. So I'm just really confused about why the language is so cheesy. All right, now he has fire exploding out of his eyes. Very Indiana Jones-esque. Dark Overlord Jenning has great one-liners. Now he's just having fun blowing shit up. I'm not gonna lie, it does look kind of fun. Yelp should have probably left. Like, if you know that he wants the code key so that he can 
bring the rest of the Dark Lords down and you've got the code key? Why are you still there? Why didn't you like run out with everyone else? I mean, now that they're the only ones left in the building, of course they can't sneak past him. All right, so another thing that doesn't make sense. He uses telekinesis to slam the door shut and pile a bunch of tables and chairs in front of it. So they run to the door and they start trying to move tables and chairs. I mean, all he has to do is just keep putting them back. All right, so Jenny gets the code key. Wow, he looks terrible. Like his skin is all white and waxy and splotchy and cadaverous. So he kidnaps Beverly. He needs another host for the Dark Overlords. Pauses to blow up more shit and leaves Howard there. Steals a semi. Those things are not easy to drive. Not that he's intentionally trying to drive it well. He's just having fun at this point. Ew. He needs energy to continue to function. So this tentacle looking thing with a claw on the end comes out of his mouth and sticks itself in the cigarette lighter on the dash of the truck. And it's really gross. Okay, the... Oh, hi, Lucy. Oh my goodness, you got up. Hi. Oh, baby, you are so thin. Lucy's sick. She has a vet appointment tomorrow. What are you growling at? The other two are asleep on the cat tree. She's not doing so well. I'm really worried. So we'll see what the vet says. Anyway, um, yeah, so back to the movie. So cops show up at the diner. The detective who's just having a really, really shitty night is like, are you kidding me? What the fuck? Phil's all excited because now he's going to have a criminal record. Phil's kind of a doofus. Yeah, so Howard and Phil are trying to figure out how they're going to get away from the cops, right? Howard has the suggestion, let's steal a cop car, call a cab, hitchhike. Phil's solution is no. I found behind the warehouse somebody's hobby. It's a, one of those gliders that has like, it looks like a lawnmower engine that you just like assemble and go zipping around in. His solution is let's rebuild this and then take off and that's how we'll get away from the police because obviously they can do that without being seen and it's faster and easier than oh i don't know stealing a cop car calling a cab hitchhiking well admittedly hitchhiking with howard's probably going to be a little difficult dark overlord jenning drags beverly to a nuclear power plant because he's starting to run out of power and he actually needs real power where he drains the power plant so now he's glowing red and can do all kinds of new fun and exciting things with shooting lasers and fire and electricity at people. I skipped through the 11 minute convoluted flight scene. It just, it was overkill. Like there was no point to it. They made Howard fly the plane. He can't fly. He's terrified of flying. Phil obviously had some idea of what this thing was and is more mechanically inclined. But no, he was in the back screaming the whole time. So yeah, we are now at Dynatech where Howard and Phil are breaking into the defense area by kicking the door open. Jenning has, sorry, Dark Overlord Jenning has Beverly strapped to a table at the laser. Again, why was Howard, why did he wind up in an alley two miles away from the lab instead of in the lab itself if everything else comes to the lab? Uh, Jenning looks, wow. He now has spines coming out of his back. He's completely cadaverous and he has like six inch fingernails slash claws growing. Howard and Phil steal the neutron disintegrator as Dark Overlord Jenning 
starts the laser. The voice on the computer for the laser sounds a lot like Sigourney Weaver. Thanks to Howard's inability to operate a golf cart, they give away their location to Dark Overlord Jennings. When the golf cart on which they mounted the neutron disintegrator loses control and goes zipping into the lab, Beverly informs them that Dark Overlord Jennings is in a bad mood. So here comes Dark Overlord Jennings to destroy them with his laser, electricity, whatever, zapping. Luckily, there just happens to be a satellite dish right next to the area where the disintegrator ended up, where they are trying to get it, the golf cart working again. So Phil is able to deflect the beams. Jennings fist. <laughs> oh, it's one of those. You have to fasten the seatbelt before it'll go. So another fun new power Dark Overlord Jennings has developed is Super Breath, where he can blow it like this really strong gust of wind at people, and I'm sure it smells fantastic. Howard and Dark Overlord Jennings wind up in a Wild West showdown. Jennings Spit also has superpower abilities. When he decides to spit on the floor, it eats through the floor. It's lovely, really. When I watched this the first time, I was <laughs> I, I kept watching Dark Overlord Jennings, and I'm like, wow, I'm just getting like this reminds me so strongly of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, yeah, it's a Lucas film. But I mean, it's seriously, like all of Dark Overlord Jennings' powers, very Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, the good news is in the resulting blast caused by the neutron disintegrator's beam meeting Dark Overlord Jennings' beam, the Dark Overlord was blasted out of Jennings' body. The bad news is the Dark Overlord was blasted out of Jennings' body. Also, priorities, people. Like, why are we just going to stand there and wait for Howard to show up out of the wreckage? Get Beverly off of the table, because no matter what, if she's not on the table, there is not a host for the next Dark Overlord to enter. But Jenny looks much, much better. Howard has to <laughs> interrupt Phil's and Beverly's, I had a worse day than you did argument, because the Dark Evil Overlord has decided to make an appearance. And it is gross. They did a good job with this. Like, this is actually a really disturbing monster. Phil faints. Wow, this is a really... Like, there is... I really expected the Dark Overlord to be, like, campy. Not so much. But I'm really confused about how he's talking. Because it's definitely not coming out of his mouth. Does he have, like, another mouth somewhere? Or is he telepathically projecting the words? Because, first of all, he doesn't have a tongue. His mouth doesn't close. And... Yeah. Anyway, once again, I am trying to apply logic where logic is not to be found. Why do I always do that? The Dark Overlord is a little peeved with Howard. Ugh, the tentacle coming out of the claw is so gross. It's so slimy and gooey. All right, activates the laser. Got four minutes to arrival. Now I shoot some kind of green laser at Beverly and Phil that's making them get like shimmery and weird. I don't know what it's doing to them actually. Somehow in the middle of this astrophysics lab, they have a bone saw that Jenning is able to get to Howard, which he uses to slice off the tentacle that's holding him in place. Howard's definitely gotten better at driving the golf cart, though. Finally made it back. Howard ran over the Dark Overlord's tail. And the Dark Overlord looks like he's going to cry because he's holding up his little broken dangly tail. And it's, I'm not going to lie, it was actually kind of cute. Yeah, that puny little duck has done a pretty significant amount of damage to you, so maybe you should stop condescending to him. All right, so that puny little duck disintegrated the Dark Overlord. 
Beverly and Phil come back from wherever they were, whatever was happening to them. The laser's still going off, though. There are Dark Overlords coming down. Phil and Jenning are like, dude, you've got the Neutron Disintegrator. You've got to destroy the machine or we're fucked. And Beverly's like, but no, if you do this, how will you get home? Bitch, please. Do you really think that they're going to let Howard just, like, bebop back to his planet? Of course, Howard gets off the blast, like, right when the countdown ends. Because instead of just shooting the Neutron Disintegrator from the mount on the golf cart he has to pick it up and then turn around 360 degrees to aim it at the laser that it was already pointed at spoiler alert he's not dead they did a really good job with all of the dirt and smudges on beverly's face it's like really profile and cheekbone enhancing when i get anything dirty on my face it's never that flattering howard thinks he's being funny by imitating an overlord it's not and then we cut to beverly's band playing a major venue of course she wrote a song about howard i wonder how howard and beverly made their relationship work like it's pretty heavily implied that they're together of course howard can play guitar i mean we knew he was in a band from that one picture in his apartment way back at the beginning but i don't know maybe they're not together maybe they're just really good friends women are going crazy over him and trying to touch his tail i don't see it all right, so that was Howard the Duck. Fortunately, this recording took, and I don't have to watch it again. It wasn't that I didn't like it. It was just like, okay, the like it was the perfect cheese camp level for me, just not twice in one week. So anyway, um, thank you for listening, and I will be back next week with another great movie. Bye!